I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD. Episode 212, underway here on BD4. Sorry, it was kind of a little delayed, a little bit of a delayed start there. Trying to set up the camera and last minute I, I banged my desk and it kind of shifted everything. So I'm just trying to get it re, uh, recalibrated and everything. Focused and everything. All right, we're good. So, yes, episode 212 of BD4. What's happening, everybody? I am your host, RJ Carbone. Um, hope everybody's doing well. As I record, it is a couple hours after the Knicks just completed um, a, uh, what is it, Saturday night? Friday night? What the hell is it? Uh, Friday night victory. So it is a Friday night, a couple hours after the game where the Knicks took down the Washington Wizards without Bradley Beal. Um, bouncing back from that, you know, those couple of games was two or three games in a row where they lost. Uh, they lost two to Miami. That's what it was. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. It is a Saturday night once again. Sorry, Friday night once again as I record. Um, but as you are listening to this, it's probably Saturday morning. Um, the usual time uh, as we release these podcasts as soon as possible. As soon as I'm done putting these up, uh, recording these things, I try to put them up as soon as possible. So, as you're listening to this, uh, happy Saturday morning to you. So, uh, hope everybody's doing well. It was a good week for me. Um, nothing crazy, but, you know, moving along here. And it's already friggin' mid, almost mid-February, which is insane to me. I mean, it's going to be, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be March, dude. It's going to be spring training for baseball. I mean, pitchers and catchers report on the 17th. I believe they just released uh, part of the schedule or, you know, for for, ML, for the MLB. So, like, wow, shit is moving fast. We're almost two months into 2021. I mean, shit. I don't like that, dude. I hate it. I hate how quick shit moves. Um, but I hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody's staying healthy and staying safe. Crazy times right now, but... um. We are going to keep on moving along here on the podcast and keep doing our thing. So I appreciate you guys for stopping by once again. Anybody who does stop by, I know I don't get anybody tuning into these. Literally, it's just me talking to air. But <laughs> for, if there is a chance that anybody at all is tuning in to these piece of shit podcasts that I release every two games, thank you for that. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, you can go ahead and do so right now. Um, subscribe to BD4 on my website. Um, follow me on social media if you haven't yet. Subscribe to my blog that I write. In order to find all that stuff and subscribe and follow and, and all that fun stuff, just go to my link tree. It's probably the easiest way to get all that information. Um, if you go to my link tree, linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That'll take you to a page that has just a web of where to reach me. And it'll have my website. Click on the link for that. It'll have a link to all three of my social media sites. You know, one link for each Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and it'll have a link to my blog. So, yeah, just go to my link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. So, uh, that's that's it pretty much for the intro here. Um once again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do that on my link tree. All right. So we are on so many platforms. The podcast is on, you know, we're on your, your usual podcast feeds, right? Apple podcast, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor. Uh, we are sponsored by Anchor. So if you guys want to go check out anchor.fm or download the Anchor app, you can do so right now. Um, we're on so many different platforms. So be sure to, again, check us out. Um, and to get all that information, just go to my link tree and that's that.
<clears throat> so we may as well get into the thing, you know, the thick of things here and not waste further time. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. And we talked about the Super Bowl a bit, right? Because we had an episode a couple of nights ago, about four nights ago. And that was after the Super Bowl. So not much has happened after that. You know, I don't really think anything in sports. NASCAR is coming back on Sunday. Um, yes, I watch NASCAR because I, well, I used to be a huge NASCAR guy as a kid. I, you know, I went to uh, close friends of my close family friends, like took me and uh, my brother and um, my parents. We, we, we went to, uh, what was it? The Dover track, the track in Dover when I was a kid and it was awesome. It was just a crazy experience and I was all into NASCAR as a kid, you know, I had all the little model toy cars, whatever you call them. There's a name for it. I forget. I had the mini ones and then I had like the, the you know, big sized ones. <clears throat> I used to love playing the video games, the NASCAR Heat games on the PS2. You know, Dale Jarrett was my guy, the UPS guy, <laughs> the UPS driver. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I was all into that shit as a kid kind of drifted away from it you know i guess grew out of it but like now as i get older i'm starting to appreciate more sports that i don't really tune into like i'm starting to appreciate more than the usual four major sports right like i've gotten into ufc this this past year to a point where it's become my favorite thing to watch more than all four sports like it's really taken my interest um NASCAR, I'm starting again. I'm starting to love that shit. Golf, I try to watch, you know, occasionally. I, you got to have patience for for golf. I get it, right? A lot of people see you have to have patience for baseball. Got to have patience for golf, you know. And I'm, a, I'm if you're a sports fan, I, I, I just, I don't hate on on many sports, man. I just can't hate on sports. Everything is so unique and different, you know. I, there's, I. A lot of people just don't like certain sports because maybe their attention span can't handle it. You know, maybe they spend too much time on on their phones and looking at screens and, you know, it kills their attention span. But for me, I try not to, you know, let one sport ruin another sport for me just because it's at a slower pace. So I try to watch everything I can now. I've taken interest in a lot of other sports over the past couple of years, months, even. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, let's let's head to break. And um, I guess when we get back from break, we'll, we'll waste no more time. And we'll get into, you know, recapping the Heat game really quick. Recapping the Washington Wizards game that just took place tonight, Friday night. And then we'll break some things down a bit, all right? So, let's do that. Let's head to break. And when we get back, we'll get right into the swing of things. All right. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. All right. Um, so, <laughs> one second. All right, um, the Miami Heat game, okay, a few nights ago, right, this past weekend, was it? No, this past, it was during the week. 
Got all my fucking days screwed up right now. <laughs> um, couple nights ago, the Knicks took on the Miami Heat. You know, I think it was a back-to-back, or it might have been one game, one day later, um, or two. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. I am so screwed up in my schedule because, like, I don't know why. School started, so you figured I'd have my shit together and know the days of the friggin' week, but I don't know, man. I've been so fucked up by timing on certain days lately. It's bad. All right, whatever. So the Knicks played the Heat, right? And game 26 of the season, they took on the Miami Heat, and they took the victory. No, they took the loss. See? They took the loss 98 to 96. Um, They were playing good defense inside the arc. The defense wasn't really the issue. Uh, the Knicks held Miami to 98 points. You know, this was Jimmy Butler's return game. Um, or two nights ago was. Two games ago after before the... It was the first night they played the Heat, I think, by the return. But Jimmy Butler's second game back. Uh, but the Knicks held, in the heat, held the Heat to 98 points. They, they defended them pretty well, especially inside the three-point line. Um, held them to just 32%. 32% from two. So that was huge. Um, just 14 points in the paint which was, you know, big. But, you know, the Heat did get to the line a whole lot. Uh, that's kind of where, that's a big reason uh, why the Knicks lost this game. They lost the free throw game significantly. The Knicks got to the line just 16 times while the Heat attempted 39 free throw attempts. Um, a big part of that was Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo combining for 31 of those 39 foul shots. So, you're not going to get much... Um, success when you're you know fucking hacking and whacking all night and the Knicks couldn't stay out of foul trouble so that was a big issue for them um you know it also didn't help that in the first half the Knicks made excuse me in the first half the Knicks made fucking Kelly Olenek look like Dirk Nowitzki in in his prime I mean 17 of Olenek's 20 points came in that first half. He ended up going six for eight from distance. Um, just t- torture them in the first half from, from the three-point arc. Um, you know, offensively, the Knicks were pretty poor, too. When you have your key guys, right, your your key scorers in Julius Randle, Emmanuel Quickly, and R.J. Barrett, those are your bucket getters, right? When you have those three guys combining to shoot 28% and your starting center has just field, uh, two field goal attempts, you're not going to get much of a, an offensive night, right? So 28% for Randall, IQ, RJ, and Mitch, if you toss him in there. Very bad. Very bad. And when Alfred Payton is leading the team in points, you know, when he's got 18 points on 16 shots, you've got issues. Right? When, when we're talking about Alfred Payton being the guy, yeah, um, that's where your offense is not good. Uh, some key moments, you know, Alfred, even though he, you know, produced, you know, please put that in quotes, offensively, he was pretty poor defensively down, down the stretch. There was that one play, which I thought was the, a big defining moment, um, with about 48 seconds left, um, Alfred Payton just chasing Tyler Hero on that down screen, um, Hero pops up to the top of the arc catches and shoots it and just Alfred just lazily chasing him on that down screen all the way to the top of the arc, leaving him too much space and, and taking a terrible angle um, to get out on him. And hero just pops the three and there you go. Miami had themselves a 97, 94 lead with about 48 seconds left. Um, that was a big moment. Obviously the bigger, you know, the bigger moment later on, R.J. Barrett missing that game-tying, you know, shot in the final seconds. Um, You know, after Butler misses that free throw, the Knicks were down just two. They still had a shot. Ball goes in R.J.'s hand. He he got the shot he wanted, right? He got his his bread and butter, right? That left-handed take um, on Jimmy Butler, nonetheless, you know, on the drive. So that was pretty impressive. Got a good look at it. Threw it up. It just didn't fall in. You know, it just, it didn't go. It didn't fall. Um, But, you know, it was a good learning experience that he needed to have. I honestly think so. I'm not going to sit here and yell bust like I'm sure 
all the irrational casuals will. That that's that's beyond me. I don't know why people would do that, but um, you know, people like to be reactionary here. <laughs> but I did, you know, I like that he took the shot, and I also like that Tom Thibodeau gave him the freedom to take that shot following the timeout. Right? I'm happy he designed a play for R.J. Barrett, and it wasn't for you know Reggie Bullock or Julius Randle who was struggling bad. Right? He took that. He did take that shot with about ten seconds left. That was just a very piss poor shot, and he bricked it. Um, you know, especially following up that clutch shot by quickly. Didn't like to see Randall take that, but it was good that R.J. Barrett was the one taking the final shot of the night. You know, showing that fearlessness, that aggressiveness, that he's not shying away in the clutch. And I was happy that Tom Thibodeau gave him the freedom to do so. So that was a key moment, but obviously it's going to happen. You know, he's going to have plenty more moments where he has the chance to redeem himself, and I think he will. Um, so, you know, to recap this one pretty much from first half to second half. First half, like we said, the Knicks, um, they actually played good offense in the first half. and They got off to a good start offensively. The second unit was kind of thriving in that second quarter. Uh, they got the Knicks off to a 15-0 run at the top of the second. You know, Derrick Rose was shining. Uh, he had 10 of his first, uh, I think his... Yeah, I think 10 of his 14 points came in that um, in that first half. He was thriving really good in his first game um, with the Knicks. First game back, I guess, with the Knicks. Um, he has 10 points in the first half. He played really well with IQ and Obi. Right? He was moving the ball around the perimeter. He was pushing the pace in transition. All three of them were playing really good together. Um Rose finds Obi on the on the roll at the top of the second quarter. That was good. He and IQ hit each other up for a couple of shots. Um, so it was good. You know, the Heat kind of struggled containing Derrick Rose off, you know, dribble penetration, using his quickness, pulling up, driving, slashing, dishing, and a couple of three-point shooting. Some three-point shooting from Derrick Rose, too. I think he was two out of three. Um, so he finishes the game with 14 points. Three assists overall in 20 minutes. So it was a nice debut um, in his second stint, in his debut, you know, for, for his second time around with the Knicks. <laughs> um, towards the end of the quarter, though, the second quarter, the Knicks kind of, again, started struggling guarding the arc. Kelly Olenek gets hot. Uh, Tyler Hero hits a three, and they enter the half down 57 to 55. Third quarter comes. The first unit kind of finally finds a rhythm. You know, R.J. Barrett scores seven of his 13. Uh, both of his assists come into the third quarter. He finds Mitch at the top of the, uh, the half on a lob. Um, you know, then R.J. Barrett hits a few shots himself on the drive in the next couple of possessions. And so second unit gets it going. Alec Burks hits a big shot from the corner. Uh, you know, Knicks force a turnover. Rose swings it to Julius. Julius enters the post, gets doubled, but then kicks it out, and the ball eventually finds its way around the perimeter um, into the, the corner pocket for Alec Burks, who hits a big three-point shot to put the Knicks up 10 points later in the third with about a minute and a half to go. Uh, fourth quarter comes. The Knicks offense just disappears. Uh, that's where it, it kind of progressively got worse. Um, or regress. It regressed, rather. Um, they score just 14 points. They hold Miami to 22 points, which is good defensively, but, you know, that's kind of when things, you know, things kind of started to go downhill after that key moment I described where Alfred Payton just completely gets fucked on that screen. And, you know, that leads to Randall taking a tough shot and missing it, and then R.J. Barrett later missing the game winner, uh, the game-tying shot, so... Again, tough loss. Uh, the core did not shoot well. You won't win many games when your best player is 4 for 18. Uh, Randall was 1 for 7 from 3-point distance. The Knicks, again, just 16 free throw attempts. Weren't getting calls. Referee, yeah, the refereeing was, was piss poor. I don't like to complain about refs, but oof, it was bad. So I understand that frustration there. Um, again, it, Kelly Olenek, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. Those four guys right there gave the Knicks some tremendous issues. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good debut for the whole Rose 
seeing how Rose would play with certain Knicks, right? Him, IQ, and Obi look really good together. IQ didn't have the greatest shooting night, but they looked, you know, they coexisted well. And, um, IQ played off the ball. He wasn't on the ball that, you know, that game. And he, it was the same story tonight, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but all three of them looked like they coexisted pretty well. Obi looked really good. Uh, he looks so good without Austin Rivers on the floor. <laughs> Rivers is kind of the odd man out in the rotation now. Um, now that Rose is here. And it's funny because every time he was on the floor, he would just uh, he would just shrug off Obi Toppin. He would never kick to him. And Obi was left as this spot-up guy. But now he's getting to the dunker spot. He's playing in the short role. And we're seeing a lot of Obi Toppin the way we want to see Obi Toppin playing down low. So he's been thriving of late. Had a good night against the Heat. Uh, Burks was 11 points, 3 for 6 from 3-point distance, and he had 6 rebounds. Mitch and Noel, they were great defensively, uh, but, you know, same story. Mitch had just two fucking field goal attempts. When are we going to start feeding this guy more? But, you know, we find out tonight he's hurt, and we're going to get to that. Um, Alfred Payton, pretty average, but because he sucks so much, it's seen as remarkable whenever he doesn't have a shit game and has just a slightly above average game um but if you watch him and i'm not hating still plenty of times where he misses open passes dribbles too much just doesn't play good enough defense um just takes too many shots when he has it going too just not the guy you want um trade talks are ramping up with Alfred payton but honestly are we really expecting anything but a you know a bag of fritos just wave the fucking guy uh we'll get to him uh, so we're going to head to break uh, one more time here. And um, when we get back, we'll get to game two and we'll start to break things down a bit more. All right, so game 27 of the season took place tonight. Uh, the Knicks bounced back with a victory. It wasn't a pretty game, but it was a victory. We can't really be too critical. Um, you know, any win we get, we'll take it. Um, the Knicks took the 109-91 victory in D.C. tonight. They um, got 24-18-4. 24, 18, and 4 for Julius Randle. Just another night for him. It's crazy. He's putting up some monster numbers. Um, and it's just like not even far from his average. It's crazy. So 24, 18, and 4 from Julius on 15 shots. Uh, IQ produces 16 points. Really bad shooting night from him, though. Um, Rose produces 14 points, 6 assists, and has 4 steals. Goes 7 for 11 from the field. Uh, and Mitch killing it before he got hurt. Uh, the first half, he has 10 points and 14 rebounds, two steals in the first half alone. Just killing it on the offensive glass, um, obliterating Alex Len, and um, just killing the Washington Wizards. And he gets hurt. You know, we find out he gets hurt. Uh, the Nick defense was fine. Nick defense was really good, actually. You know, Wizards just. What, 27% from three-point distance, just 38% overall, and um, 91 points. So that was good. But, yeah, I mean, it sucked. You know, Mitch had, was it a fractured right hand is the official news on him. And we got that um, when when they announced it on the broadcast in the uh, at the top of the second half when he was not on the floor. He, uh, it was Noel taking his place, so... Yeah, the Knicks were kind of slow out of the gate in the second half without Mitchell Robinson. You could tell his presence was missed. Um, there was a point where the Wizards cut it to three. They got off to a, it was like a 13 to four, 13 to five run at the top of the third quarter. You know, Westbrook hits a step back with about seven minutes and 50 seconds left. That brings the Wizards within three, 58, 55. Uh, but from there, the Knicks kind of put their foot on the pedal. Randall responds with the triple. Bullock gets a three. RJ gets a few shots to drop. 
Randall keeps thriving, and the Knicks eventually enter the fourth quarter back up a good distance, 70, uh, 79 to 64, 15 points. Um, fourth quarter starts, IQ right away gets a three-point shot to go in, assisted by Rose. Then Rose pulls up for his own bucket, kind of goes back and forth with Russell Westbrook for a bit, scoring, um, facilitating. IQ hits another three. Rose ends up with six points, three assists in the fourth quarter alone. And, you know, him shooting the ball well, IQ hitting shots. Those two kind of continue to, to shoot the ball well together. And it's good to see them play well together. Um, and that really kind of propelled the Knicks in, you know, for the last maybe six minutes or something. It was pretty much garbage time, and the Knicks took the victory. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it, uh, <laughs> this whole thing, um, this whole thing with, uh, you know, Derrick Rose coming here. So I'm not going to, I guess I'll say I'll retract my statement from, from episode 211. Not retract, but like, it's not so much that I am against Derrick Rose, Derek Rose wholeheartedly. I, I, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, you know, but like, just from a strict basketball standpoint, it's more so what we're going to do with the point guard rotation now that he's here, right? It's not so much Rose, but rather, oh, it's another guy at the point guard spot affecting Quickly's minutes. Um, So far, you know, two games, um, we're kind of seeing a, a three-way split in the minutes, right? Um, I like that Derrick Rose is playing really good with, again, IQ and Obi right now. Um, but eventually, man, eventually it's going to have to be Derrick Rose or Emmanuel quickly getting that starting point guard spot. And then one of those two will have to back them up, right? It's going to have to be, I would have no issue with Rose being the starting point guard and quickly thriving in that sixth man role. I would have no issue with quickly getting the starting point guard spot and Rose continuing to play the sixth man that he was in Detroit. I will have an issue if Peyton continues to get starts like he's been, even with Rose here. I understand we're trying to ease his way back, so I'll give the Knicks a few games. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy into this whole oh quickly will be fine thing until I start seeing it. You know, right now these couple of games that those three have played together were kind of split in the minutes with Peyton still getting the, the majority by a slightly you know, he's getting like 23, 24, 25 minutes while D-Rose and Quickly are more 20, 21, 22 apiece. Um, eventually I'm still, we're, we're still going to have to fucking figure out a way to where both of these guys, Rose and um, Quickly are the primary point guards here, right? They're getting the chunk of point of point guard play, and, and Peyton's not. You know, I want it to be where Rose and Quickly get 25 to 30 minutes starting and sixth manning, and Peyton is either buried or fucking traded for that bag of Fritos or waived, because that's probably the most likely scenario here, being that he has the NTC and nobody wants him. And you're not going to get anything for him. So you might as well just fucking wave the $5 million you have on him. Um, that's probably the, the easiest thing to do. Easier said than done. Sure, but it is easy. <laughs> I, you know, eventually going to have to do that. Because I think IQ is so much better on the ball. He's got the Knicks where they are by playing on the ball, right? His ability to create off of the bounce, play the pick and roll, uh, play downhill and flick up those runners, um... That step back three he likes to take from like 55 feet out off the dribble. He's very crafty with the ball in his hands. He's been a good lead guard. So I don't just want to suddenly give him a chunk of minutes at the two. And have him play next to Rose who's going to dominate possessions. I would rather... you know, I, Again, they played well together so far. But the route I would prefer going with is still one of Rose or IQ starting and the other sixth Manning. And Peyton fucks off. You know, it's we can't keep doing what we're doing right now. We cannot continue to give Peyton starts 
There are way too many chances. Um, it's 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 not even hard. It's not even difficult to comprehend, man. It's not. It's not difficult to comprehend. Alfred Payton is just not the point. He's not a starting point guard on any NBA team. If you take this Knicks team out, and Alfred Payton is anywhere else, he is not starting. He is not starting for any other NBA team. Okay, so I just don't understand why MSG. Man, it's bad. You know, I shouldn't be ripping MSG because what if one day I I get a freaking I'm looking because I'm trying to beat this when I get when I get a job and start my career. I don't want to bash anything and ruin my chances here. But like MSG Network, you know, it's the same shit with all these you know home biased networks. There's they're they're just up the organization's ass to a point where it's so cringe. Like they are like MSG with Alfred Payton. I don't even know why it's this way, but they are like Yes Network when they shill Gary Sanchez. And it sucks because Gary Sanchez is at least somebody who has a sliver, maybe, of talent, or at least one time did. Alfred Payton was never a talented guy. He was never a guy coming into the league who was expected to be anything but what he is now. <laughs> like, he is so hyped up to a point where I miss the shilling for Gary Sanchez, because at least it had some, you know, maybe a percentage of logic. But the Alfred Payton shilling by MSG makes zero fucking sense. I mean, this is somebody who cannot shoot the basketball. He's a liability. So whenever he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he is completely useless. It's pretty much four against five. He, when he has the ball in his hands, he's, all he does is drive into the paint, either flick up that floater that misses 70-80% of the time, miss an easy open layup, um, over-dribble and do that stupid some spin and, and just dribble around the paint. or It's just some stupid shit. And miss open passes. So many people are open and he just misses them. You know, Last year it was the fact that he played patty cake with Julius so much. I can't tell you the amount of times I've seen him miss Julius on the perimeter. Um, he doesn't even think R.J. Barrett exists. I, it's I, I can't. He's not. He's not an NBA starting point guard. He's not. And, and here are the Knicks with some options now: D. Rose, I.Q. You would have to think Tom Thibodeau's a good coach. He's a smart dude. He's been. He's got experience as a winner. He's coached Derrick Rose for years. He knows good point guards when he sees them. You would have to think there's... But when? When is it coming? When is when is the trigger going to be pulled here? You know, Is he under a puppet string by, by Scott Perry? Because, you know, Peyton is Perry's pick. Perry spent time with Peyton in Orlando for years. Perry advocated for Peyton to come here. He's the one who brought him in. Is that what it is? Is, is it more... An influence from the FO here? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I, I can't stand it. We are now 27 games into the year. So 27 out of 72 is, is that's, you know, a bit over a third into the season, almost 40% of the season. I mean, like, like, oh. he's not good. He's not good. The Knicks are so much better whenever he leaves the floor. You know, 80-90% of his games are going to be, you know, 8, 9, 10 points, sub-40% shooting. When he has his great games that MSG likes to tout, they're not even good. They're like 18 points on 18 shots, 0 for 2 for 3, fucking, you know, 4 assists. And two turnovers. That's like the best you're going to get out of Peyton with mediocre defense. That's the best you're going to get. That is the Alfred Peyton at his peak. You're going to get at his peak. Alfred Peyton is mediocre. Okay. The majority of the time, Alfred Peyton is well below average. He's not a modern point guard. He doesn't do good things. He doesn't. He's not even part of the future. He's just some short term veteran place holding fucking stopgap, whatever you want to call him. 
and it just doesn't make sense. He doesn't make the team better. He's not here to be developed, yet he's getting the privilege of starting every night for 30 plus minutes. Has those have those minutes reduced a tiny bit since the Rose trade? Sure, but he's still leading of those three point guards in the rotation. And that's eventually I don't want I don't even want this platoon of three guys. I want it to be Rose and IQ. Rose and IQ, Rose and IQ. All right, that's that's my little, my little rant there. It just I, I can't with MSG. Breen, Breen and Clyde have even hopped. Wally is always up their ass, but Breen and Clyde have even hopped on this Peyton train lately. I mean, Clyde constantly talking about his defense, his defense. What defense, dude? Where do you see this defense? Where? He's on the guy's fucking hips every night, chasing him around. Replay that Miami Heat game again. Tyler Hero roasted him. Chasing him around that down screen. Fucking shit. He doesn't play defense. Defense. It's like we have these narratives and we stick with these narratives because it, you know, nobody notices. It's. Oh, he scored 18 points on 18 shots. So much better than his usual. So let's act like it's amazing just because his, it's so far from his norm. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? Really? Really? That's where we are? We're just going to completely shill him. I mean, come on, man. What happened to opinion? You can't even have your own fucking opinion on shit? God, everybody's so fake today, man. Everybody's so fake. You can't even have your own friggin' opinion. That's why I like this podcast, because I can say what the hell I want. And not get cancelled, because I'm not sponsored by anything tremendous. Um, but Anchor, Anchor's of course tremendous. Anchor's the best. Um, by the way, if you guys want to listen to this podcast on Anchor, you can do so by downloading the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm. Uh, you can also start your own podcast for free, and you can get paid if you download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, MSG is just so pathetic sometimes with just the way they shill. It's, I can't take it. I can't. You know, they're just constantly up their ass. If it's not the defense, it's, it's every, when he has a decent game every two weeks or whatever, they'll use that one game and they'll ride it for like the next week. Fucking really? They'll use the veteran leadership excuse, which is so tiring. That as well is what Yes Network loves to do with Brett Gardner. I mean, I, 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 I want to fucking scream to the top of my fucking lungs. Like, ranting on it, ranting about it on Twitter, Facebook, that doesn't, that used to be, that used to feel good for me. Now I do it, it doesn't do a thing. I need to scream, I need to fucking bite something, bite a pillow, scream into a pillow, I just spit into the fucking camera. It's not helping. I am going to flip the fuck out. If, if we not only have to keep seeing Peyton get these big minute starts, but we have to hear the BS that I don't even think MSG believes what they're saying. But for some reason, they say it just because I think they, they just want to get paid by the organization, continue to be on the payroll of for the fucking Knicks and not get themselves in trouble. I don't fucking know. But it's got to end. That combined, uh, it's every fucking night, every fucking night, man. I am sick of it. There's nothing, nothing positive that Alfred Payton does for this Knicks team. There is nothing positive. I don't give a fuck how annoying and arrogant I sound. That is the absolute truth. And any Knicks fan, any Knicks fan, any Knicks diehard who watches this team at least 60% of their games will tell you the same fucking thing. He does nothing productive for this team on a night-to-night basis. His best nights still don't help this team much. If they do at all. It's barely... And he doesn't have them often. He's fucking bad. And he needs to get the fuck off this team. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Blah, blah, blah. But I am tired of Tom Thibodeau treating him like he's a king. Of MSG treating him like he's going to fucking break out and become Raja Arondo. He's fucking who he is at this point. Can we please just do a rotation of IQ and Rose? Whoever you want to start between the two of them, I don't even care. Just do one of that. Do one of those two guys starting, the other backing them up. All right, let's head to break so we can get... <laughs> Excuse me. Let's head to break and we'll get to a few other things 
um when we get back i guess <laughs> be right back. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So, you know, with this Mitchell Robinson injury, the fractured hand, once again, if you didn't hear, he fractured his hand in the first half of the Knicks-Wizards game on Friday night. That's tonight as I'm speaking. Last night as you were listening to this. Um, so with the Mitch injury, right, you know, I would like to see I would love to see Obi Toppin finally get some minutes at the small ball five. Um, but as we know, you know, our coach here is, is Tom Thibodeau and he likes to favor the vets. And of course he's going to favor Taj Gibson being that he probably advocated him for him to come here. Um, you know, as much as we want to see some Obi at small ball five, I think the majority of the minutes at the five while Mitch is out, which is going to be a while. Um, are going to go to Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson, you know, the two vets. <laughs> Not that they're terrible. They've been doing serviceable jobs for the Knicks this year. I'll give them that. Um, you know, Taj hasn't played much, obviously, but he's a Tibbs guy. Um, and then Noel has been, you know, up. he's one of the league leaders in blocks, and he's not getting a ton of minutes. So he's probably going to be starting. Taj is going to be backing them up, and they'll probably get 25 minutes apiece. Um, I, but I would like to see, you know, maybe for stretches, some some small ball. Randall at the four, Obi at the five. If Randall wasn't having a great year, you know, because remember, remember, heading into the year, I did not. I, and nobody wanted to see that four or five tandem of Randall and Obi. <laughs> but I think it'd be a little better now that, you know, you'll have them playing the four or five instead of a three, four tandem where there's going to be more spacing out there with Robinson off the floor. Um, still a, a defensive liability, but Randall has been pretty decent defensively and Obi's had his moment. So I would still want to see it just some experimenting with it. See Obi at the five, see how that works out. Um, and, um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that play out. Obi's been good. He's been good last three or four games. Um, Starting to really show flash some potential here, uh, but it's going to be interesting, man. You know, it's going to be interesting. You know, obviously we, we don't want to talk about it. You know, we're enjoying the ride right now, but eventually the Knicks are going to have to make that decision with Randall. Um, I don't think they're going to trade him at the deadline. I, I, that's probably not happening, right? This is somebody who has gotten you here to twelve and fifteen in the playoff hunt. What are they in the eighth seed or something? Wherever they are, I have to look, but. Um, I think that's that that point is past. You know, maybe a couple weeks ago we were still talking about it, right? Maybe trading him for a first rounder plus a young player, you know, um, with the high ceiling, you know, trade him to a contender. You can get a really good haul because you're you're giving him to that contender for for two playoffs, right? For this year and then next year, um, they pick up that option. But I think you're going to hang on. Excuse me. You're going to hang on to Randall now. See where you go with him at the end of the year. Do they trade him in the summer? I don't know. I don't think they. I really think the Knicks, we talked about it last time out, are going to look to extend him if he continues this level of play. Again, it's only 27 games. But say Randall finishes the year with numbers just as productive as they are right now, and the Knicks finish the year either just making the playoffs or just missing it. I think the Knicks look to keep him, right? I think they're going to hang on to him and, and at least pick up the option for next year. I don't think they're going to trade him in the summer because his value will be lesser because the guy, the team you'll be trading him to, if a contender, they'll only be getting him for that one playoff. 
as opposed to two. You know, if they were to trade him at the deadline this year. So you're not going to get as much if you do it in the summer, I think. So I, I really think the Knicks are looking to keep Randall here. I think at, at the very, very least, they're going to pick up the uh, the $19 million for next next season. Uh, in the summer, they're going to have a decision to make, though. Um, you know, what are we going to do with Obi Toppin? Because eventually you're going to have to figure out, are you going to cut your losses with the Toppin pick or are you going to trade Randall, right? Uh, but he's looking like a legitimate building block right now. Um, but obviously, if you're going to extend Mitch in the offseason, he's due for an extension. There's just no possible way you can go with a 3-4-5 of Obi, Randall, and Mitch. Not in today's NBA. Not unless you have fucking Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in your backcourt. And the Knicks don't have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Who do they have? They have Alfred Payton, Derrick Rose, and R.J. Barrett in their fucking backcourt. So, that's not exactly sharp shooting. Um, but no, you know, at this deadline, I think Randall's safe, but there are some rumblings, um, you know, Bradley Beal, uh, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, J.J. Redick, both of them play for the Pelicans. Uh, the Oladipo rumors have been surfacing for a while now. You know, I, I don't know about the Beal thing. I don't think that's realistic right now. I don't think the Knicks are going to try to trade for him, but if they were to... I don't think they're at that stage yet. I really don't think the Knicks are at a stage where they can trade for a superstar player just because they don't have the depth on their roster to do so. It would probably require one of R.J. Barrett or Julius, plus Knox, Frank, and maybe two first-round picks. You know, they have seven... Knicks have seven draft picks in the next four years, so at least two of those plus an R.J. or Julius plus Knox and Frank. Right, that's probably what. If you're going for Bradley Beal, that's going to be the the very least of the package. So, do you do that? You know, do you really replace one of your core pieces, leverage some of your future, get rid of one of the only shooters on this roster for Bradley Beal? Does that really bring the Knicks more victories? Right, Beal is in his prime. He's Balling 35 and 5, whatever this year, scores 40 any given night. Um, he wants out of Washington because they're just a fucking mess. They're not a good basketball team. They don't have much depth around him in Westbrook. Um, you know, if the Knicks are to, if they give up the King's Ransom for Beal, what I'm saying is, is it going to be like a, a mellow esque type of thing again where he comes here and he doesn't have much help? And he just wants out, like a Porzingis-esque situation too, where uh, you have a disgruntled star. That's where I'm worried. Um, I would wait until we become more of a, so we have more of a solidified uh, foundation, you know, and we, we develop a more respectable resume. See where we finish out the year. Try to attack, attract some decent players in free agency. See how you start the next season, then maybe trade. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I just don't think it's the right time. I don't think they have the depth to, you know, win even if Beal were to come here. Um, you know, but it's 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 worth thinking about, right? I would. You know, it's not that I wouldn't trade R.J. Barrett or Julius for him. I would. I just I, I would just hope that I, I would only do it if we had more to complement Beal with, and we don't. You're giving away. You know, if the Knicks had more talent, I would do it. But the Knicks don't have that much talent to where you could really sustain success um, by swapping a good player for a greater player, even. You know, if that makes any fucking sense. <laughs> um, the Oladipo thing is a little different. Coming off the injury, playing good, but he is on an expiring contract. So there's that risk that even if you, you give up a decent amount for Oladipo, you might lose him in the summer. Um... But he can score, he can shoot, he can create, he can distribute. Wouldn't be opposed to that. Lonzo Ball, I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, um, he could play the one. I think he plays some two. You know, good floor general, can shoot the three. Um, inconsistent from three, yeah, but he's, he's shown improvements. Um, great playmaker, great defensive player. Those are his two, I think, greatest assets right there. Uh, I would take Lonzo Ball. Again, all these are you you would consider. You just have to consider the price and everything and who they're taking minutes from, right? Uh, J.J. Redick, I like J.J. 
I think JJ, if there's a guy you want to get right now at the deadline, I think JJ is the guy. You know, somebody who doesn't need the ball in his hands to thrive. Uh, a good shooter off of pin downs, catch and shoot, spot up three point gunner, um, veteran experience. You know, we love that so much. Um, I, I think that's the type of guy I think I really want. Um, somebody, you know, uh, some type of wing guard who can score the ball without the ball being in their hands for the entire possession, right? A catch and shoot, spot up gunner. And JJ Redick is that guy. He's been on. He's been in the playoffs over you know for, for the majority of his career. He's experienced you know winning to an extent. He's a very efficient over forty percent three point shooter. <clears throat> I would take him in a heartbeat. He has the Knicks and I think the Nets on his two preferred destinations for trade because he does one out. Um, you know he lives in Brooklyn and he commutes. Well, he he did commute to Philly when he was over there. But right now he's with New Orleans. So he wants to kind of come back home and play for the Knicks or the Nets is what I'm hearing. So I would take him. I would take him. You get a guy who could space the floor. And the Lord knows the Knicks need three-point shooting. They need that floor to be spaced out. Um, you know, so RJ Julius can work. <laughs> um, And the Zach Levine. You know, he's, he's balling this year too. He is balling out. Um, there's the whole thing. Does he just put up empty numbers on a losing team? Yeah, but the Bulls are never good. They haven't been good with or without him. So you don't know how real those rumors are. I don't watch the Bulls, so I can't tell you, you know, if he's just a stat pattern or not. Um, But, I don't know. It's going to cost a, a fucking boatload of, of picks. And, again, probably another one of your top players. So... I don't know if I do that for Zach Levine. Uh, I would do it for Beal, not Levine. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly though, I, I think the Knicks, what they're going to do is stand back this deadline and just, you know, kind of stay on par here, stay on course of what they're doing, which is focusing on winning and player development. And I think that's the right thing to do. Maybe make a couple of small moves, but if they do make any, I, I would hope for one of these moves to be for a shooter. Who doesn't need the ball in his hands, right? We have enough shock readers who can't shoot. So let's get the opposite of that. Um, you know, a spot up gunner. So um that's that. You know. Kevin Knox played tonight. <laughs> He's is he he got some garbage minutes, but you're thinking maybe maybe he'll be kind of Im implemented back into the rotation. That'd be nice. He was shooting he was shooting the ball well. He was playing better this year. Um, the defense wasn't as bad. Um, he became an offensive threat from the corner. So it sucked that he has to get, he got kicked out of the rotation for, you know, struggling for about a week, but whatever, I would still play the guy. He's more consistent than Bullock was, has been. Bullock's having a cute little run now, but I mean, kind of cooled off tonight. Maybe Kevin Knox gets some more minutes at the four. Obi slides up and plays some more five now, like we said, with Mitch out. Maybe we'll see more of that. Um, but, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think that's it. You know, <laughs> there was a thing where uh, when DSJ was, obviously he was one of the pieces in that Rose deal, he said he was smiling all day when he got traded. So were we. So were Knicks fans. Not going to lie. We were pretty much smiling all day too when we heard the news that you weren't going to be here anymore. <laughs> hey, no, but, but best of luck to DSJ, man. I, I, I wanted him to pan out so so much, man. I, I wanted him to be the starting point guard last year, and I wanted him to be the starting point guard this year. I, I was really advocating for him to be the starting one out the gate here in 2021, but that wasn't the case. He ended up requesting to, to go play in Westchester with the Knicks or wherever the bubble is um, and fucking just ended up getting traded. And, you know, he's better off somewhere else, new scenery, but this is a guy who's bounced around already. Um, it's unfortunate where his career seems to be headed right now, but I hope that he does find some kind of rhythm with the Detroit Pistons. Don't know how much playing time we'll get. Um, you know, they've got Killian Hayes to develop over there whenever he gets healthy. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and, uh, oh, MSG. I think on the 24th, 23rd or 24th, said, um, they said that MSG is going to allow, what was it, 10% capacity? Hey, I'm happy. I am so happy. Anything at all. Just to get fans back in the garden, man. Because you, could you imagine how the garden would be right now? With how well, you know, the Knicks have, have made that jump from pathetic to competitive. At least, you know, they would be rocking this year. Even at 12 and 15, they would be rocking. Because the Knicks are showing signs of being competent. Man, it would be so fun to watch this team. I'm going to try it. Once once it opens up on the 24th, right, 24th, I think. Once it opens up, I'm going to I'm gonna try to, to I think you got to get the vaccine. You have to show the fucking card or something, so I don't know. But whatever it takes, I, I might be uh, might be fucking doing some shit and, and going down to Embassy and checking out these games. I might have to buy some tickets, I don't know. We have to see how that works, but um, man, it's good to, it's good, it was good to hear that news. That we're gonna finally get some fans back in the garden, especially for the Knicks fans. You know, there, there's no one like Knicks fans. Knicks fans are so passionate, and um, <laughs> could you imagine, like, like the, the fucking oh man, quickly would be getting so much praise. But could you imagine, like, uh, Alfred Payton right now <laughs> with the with the crowd in attendance? Jesus Christ, toxic, <laughs> toxic. <laughs> All right, um. I think that's it. I don't know if I have anything else to add. We pretty much talked about the things I wanted to cover. Um, again, recapped a couple of those games. Um, talked about Mitch, Obi, that situation. Talked about Derek Rose, Alfred Payton, IQ, that situation. Talked about the trade deadline. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else I'm missing. I feel like there's always one or two big things that I forget to talk about. Um, it's tough. When you have a one-man podcast, it's tough. You don't have anybody else to remind you things or bounce opinions off of you, so you kind of have to do everything yourself. Uh, but whatever. Uh, I think we covered enough. I think we covered everything we needed to, so we're going to head to break, and then we'll get to the NYY, um, NYK question of the day when we get back. All right, so last time out, guys, um, in episode 211, the NYYNYK question of the day was, who leads the Knicks all-time in free-throw attempts? And the answer to that question, who leads the Knicks all-time in free-throw attempts, was Patrick Ewing, nearly 7,000 free-throw attempts. So that was the answer to the NYYNYK question of the day for episode 211. But for tonight's episode, for this episode of the podcast, for episode 212 of BD4, our NYY, NYK question of the day, going back to, what was it, the 2014 season, how many rebounds did Carmelo Anthony have in his 62-point game? All right, so remember that game against the Charlotte Hornets where he torched Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who, remember he was a Nick for a couple of seconds at the start of the year? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but yeah, how many rebounds did Carmelo get that game? How many rebounds did Carmelo Anthony collect during his 62-point game against Charlotte? All right, so that is the question of the day. That's our NYY, NYK question of the day, sponsored by Anchor, where you can make your own podcast, download the Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, again, anybody who anybody who has even stayed this long, I don't think anybody has, but if there's a chance that I am not talking to air, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet to BD4, be sure to do that right now. Subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe to my blog or follow me on social media. Just go to my link tree, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That'll take you to a page that displays all my information. All right, that's it guys thank you so much and i will see you in the uh i'll see you in the next one all right ciao
This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.